you're invited to get out your Bible or Bible app and go to today's reading, which is from the Gospel of John, chapter 21, verses 1 through 7. The Bibles are available on the back of the chairs, and they are free for the taking if anyone needs one. And now today's scripture reading, John 21, 1 through 7. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, you have no fish yet? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had taken it off and jumped into the sea. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Okay, Shannon, I'm ready for you. <laughs> Thank you. So we have children's time for the kids and for the youth. We have the word of the day. So Shannon just gave me a word. I'm not going to tell you what it is. And I have to see if I can work it in. Did you read the scripture? Did you read the scripture? You gave me a great word. <laughs> she just said, oh, no. Let's take a deep breath. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts together be pleasing in your sight this morning, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I often do things that do not make sense. This truth is revealed every time my family finds a, coffee, a coffee cup full of coffee in the cabinet with the clean coffee cups, or a clean plate in the microwave, or dirty clothes in the trash can, or a glass water bottle in the freezer. My phone and my keys, they could be anywhere. None of these actions are intentional, of course, and that is the point. My mind is running 24-7 about all of the big things that I often forget to pay attention to the little things. And perhaps that is what is going on with Peter today in this passage. It's a peculiar passage, even a funny one, which makes it perfect for this sermon series, this worship series we're calling Bible Stories That Make Us LOL, or Laugh Out Loud. 
Now, during the past few weeks, we've talked about a kid who wouldn't sleep. We talked about Jesus when he was so hangry that he cursed a fig tree. And we talked about Jonah and his anger toward God because God is too gracious. That brings us to Peter and his drenched outerwear. The scene is set on a boat where some of the disciples are fishing, and that's not unusual. They were fishermen, after all. They were called just a few years before to leave their nets and follow Jesus. But since then, Jesus had been killed. So here they are. They're going back to their nets, and they're not faring so well. The text tells us that they caught nothing the nets that the disciples used to fish were quite large and heavy, often requiring the cooperation of fishermen on two different boats, working together to lower the nets and to haul them back up. It was labor-intensive and highly profitable, and this time it was Peter's idea. Perhaps in light of recent events, it just made sense to him to go back to what they knew to look for some affirmation in life. And still, they were coming up short. So the sun begins to rise. They have been fishing all night, and they see a man on the shore. It's Jesus, but the disciples don't recognize him. That's understandable, right? They watched him die on the cross. But they had also already seen him alive again. In fact, this story in John is one of eight resurrection appearances that are recorded in the Bible from the day that we call Easter to the day that we call Ascension, the day Jesus ascended into the clouds. That's a 40-day span in which Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene and then to some other women, <coughs> pardon me, and then to some other women at the tomb, and then to followers as they walked along the Emmaus Road, and then to 10 of the disciples in a locked room as they were hiding from the authorities, and then again to the disciples when Thomas rejoins them. And that brings us then to today's appearance. Jesus would also appear to 11 disciples on a mountain and give them what we call the Great Commission, and would appear to 500 followers after that. But those are later. In this resurrection appearance, Jesus calls out to his friends from the shore, saying, Children, do you have any fish? No, they said. He said, Cast the net to the right side of the boat and you will find some. Like they hadn't tried that already. But they cast the net to the right side and they were now not able to haul the net up because there were so many fish. So if you're thinking this story sounds familiar, you would be correct. We find a similar story in Luke chapter 5. So let's look that one up. I hope you have your Bibles with you. If you still have your Bibles open to John, just go back one book to Luke. You can also see um, most of the scripture on the screen, but this one you're going to need your Bible for, or you're going to need to listen to me as I read it. We're going to be in Luke chapter 5. We'll read, a, we'll read verses 4 through 6. And as you are finding it, just remember that this is early in Jesus' ministry. He's preaching beside a lake and the crowds are closing in on him. And so he jumps into the boat that Peter owns and asks Peter to push away from the shore. And from there, Jesus continues preaching. So let's look at Luke 
chapter 5, verses 4 through 6. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long, but we have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, we will set down our nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to burst. It's the same story that we read this morning, except not, because the story in Luke takes place early in Jesus' ministry. And the story in John takes place as a resurrection appearance. But they're so similar. The connection cannot be ignored. That tells us that this story from Luke can inform our reading of the story from John. So if we kept reading in Luke, we would see that Simon and all who were with him were astounded at the catch. We'd also be reminded that some of the disciples who stood on the boat in the second story were called to follow Jesus in the first story. When Jesus says, I'm going to make you fishers of people. I will teach you to catch people. And so I'm wondering, in the wake of Jesus' death, even though they knew he was alive again, if these men felt defeated, as if the nets that they had cast with Jesus for people had also come up empty. Perhaps Jesus chose to recreate this moment of their original call story to remind them of his ability to astound, to bring possibility from impossibility, fullness from emptiness, life from death. It's a wake-up call. And the disciple standing next to Peter, he gets it almost immediately. Peter, on the other hand, looks something like this. He's peering at the unidentified man on the shore, and that is until the disciple says, it's the Lord. The other disciple says, it's the Lord. And then Peter has one of his trademark light bulb moments. And as usual, Peter is not the first to get it, but he is the first to jump. He's the first to jump, this time choosing to put on his cardigan, I mean his coat, before he makes the big splash. So just for fun, I want to play a game of true or false. I'm going to make a statement about Peter's behavior, and you can tell me if it's true or if it's false. And Lainey, Augie, Natalie, all the kids, you can play this game because you know these answers from Sunday school. Are you ready? The first statement. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Peter cut off a man's ear during the arrest of Jesus. True or false? True, absolutely, the ear of the servant of the high priest, and Jesus heals it in that moment and calls for an end to the violence. True or false, for a few blessed steps, Peter walked on water with Jesus and then sank like a rock. True, absolutely, we find that story in Matthew 14. When the waves kicked up, Peter was afraid. <clears throat> Number three, on the mountaintop, Peter offered to build tents for Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. True or false? It's true. It's during the transfiguration when Jesus is sparkling white, and all of a sudden, Moses and Elijah show up out of nowhere, and Peter awkwardly tries to preserve the moment by saying, I'll build some tents so we can all stay a while. 
True or false, on the night that Jesus died, Peter denied knowing him three times. True, right? Probably Peter's most well-known blunder. That would be true. True or false, after Mary says that Jesus is alive, Peter rushes to see the empty tomb. True. Two different gospel accounts tell us that, that Peter didn't want to believe for himself, for, with Mary's word. He had to see for himself. He didn't trust Mary's word. He had to see the empty tomb for himself. So all of these obviously are true because Peter is truly impulsive and sometimes downright awkward, which is one of the reasons that so many of us love him, right? He's human. And we can relate to that. And sometimes his pattern of behavior gets him into trouble, but sometimes it serves him well. So what about this time? It's strange behavior. Not unusual for Peter, but why would he put on his coat before he jumped into the water? Now, much has been written in speculation about this incident. Some people say that it was an absent-minded gesture, much like my wandering keys. Some say Peter wanted to get dressed because he had been fishing, so he wasn't in a lot of clothing, and so he was wanting to show respect for Jesus. Some say he was signifying a change in roles. He had been a fisherman and then he was fishing for people, and then he went back to fishing for fish, and now he's going to fish for people again. He's ready. A case could be made for any one of these theories, and it would be easy to dismiss this passage as another story about crazy Peter who becomes so, un, so unhinged so easily. But I wonder if Peter wasn't so much impulsive as he was earnest, at least at this part of the story, I wonder if he was not so much absent-minded as he was open-minded. After all he had seen and done and not done, I wonder, beloved, in that moment, when he recognized Jesus on the shore, did Peter expect to walk on water again? It makes the most sense to me. My own theory is that Peter put on his outer garment, yes, because he wanted to be respectable for Jesus, but more importantly, because he did not expect to get wet. Peter expected that Jesus, who met him on the shore in this life after death situation, would also meet him on the waves. He had done it before. In Matthew 14, Jesus sends the disciples ahead on the boat, and he dismisses the crowds that he had been teaching, and he goes on the mountain to pray. And at that point, the only way he can catch up with his friends who are on the water in the boat is through the sea. And so he walks to them in the middle of a storm. And at first they see Jesus, and they think he's a ghost. But he identifies himself, and he says, don't be afraid. And Peter, always wanting more, always wanting a sign, says, if it's really you, Jesus, then tell me to walk on the water to you. And Jesus says, come on. So Peter walks on the water until he becomes afraid because of the waves. And he begins to sink. And he says, Lord, save me. And Jesus catches him. And he says, why did you doubt 
And all of that doubt, it goes away. When Jesus and Peter get back on the boat, and every person on the boat, including Peter, says, truly, you are the Son of God. Truly, you are the Son of God. There's no doubt in my mind that the memory of that encounter with Jesus had been activated in Peter's brain the minute he realized it was Jesus on the shore with the waves between them. It was not unreasonable for Peter to expect to be able to walk on water only if his faith had grown since the last time he tried. And it had. It must have. He had seen Jesus heal the man whose ear Peter had cut off. He had heard himself deny Jesus three times after he swore he would never do such a thing. He had seen the empty tomb. I can just imagine Peter with great intentionality jumping onto the water and then relaxing as he fell into the water with a splash because he realized he didn't make, he didn't need to make any grand gestures anymore. He had already been saved. He had already been saved by the hand that pulled him out of the water the first time, by the hands that were nailed to the cross, and by the hands that were outstretched to him now. He'd already been saved. We're not told what happens when Peter reaches Jesus on the shore, but later that day, after breakfast, is when Jesus asks Peter three times, do you love me? And Peter answers yes each time though he's clearly annoyed and somewhat hurt by the question and certainly by its repetition. Jesus asks three times, of course, for Peter's benefit to absolve him of the betrayal of his denial. But I think Peter had already crossed that bridge by swimming under it. Did Peter love Jesus? Of course he did enough for him to jump in the water knowing sink or swim Jesus would be with him beloved may we all be so willing to take that leap of faith amen amen we are moving into a time of prayer Kids, in your worship bags, you will find your wooden crosses, and I invite you to take those out. Do you have your cross, Lainey? Is it in there? And Owen? Yeah. Olivia, do you have your cross? It's in your bag. You can hold it as we pray, and that's a reminder that we're connected with each other and with God. Let's take a deep breath. Gracious and loving God, we need the power of your spirit and a deeper sense of your abiding presence in our lives. Stir in us a holy passion to serve and honor you without hesitation. Grant us spiritual discernment so that we can see and follow the direction you are calling us to go, even and especially if that way looks foolish to those who are watching. May we allow nothing to keep us from the power of your resurrection in our lives. In Jesus' name and by the power of that Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.